Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Diva walked up on your bed just as we were starting the clap. And I was like, oh, dog. Yeah, oh, she's ready. She's, she's yeah, poised she's... and ready for hanging out. <laughs> she's, it's, oh, it's, it's recording time. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm presenting. I'm ready for my close up. <laughs> you know, so she has her little like pink bear thing that she grew up with. Like she, it, it came with her when I picked her up. Uh, oh, that's from, adorable. From my aunt. She came in a little mini pink dress with a pink bed and a pink bear, a stuffed oh, bear. Oh my God. And she has loved that bear her whole life, right? Like that mm -hmm. is her her bear. She lays on it. Like when she's not feeling well, she lays on it. Sometimes she'll bring it into Juniper's room and sleep on it. But also she humps the shit out of it. Right. Sure. You Penelope know, it was the same way with her, with her stuffed elephant that we had for a while. Right. So I always, it's always in my room because she, she's in my room more often than not. And I just know that one day during our YouTube videos, she is going to hump the shit out of it in the background. And I kind of keep it there just for like the, I hope people notice it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, all this being said, of course, you guys should be watching us over on YouTube. Or all the episodes. more reason to. All the more reason because one day you're going to see my tiny five pound chihuahua hump a bear that is a little bit bigger than her. And it is just freaking hilarious to watch it is absolutely bonkers and it's so funny to watch but uh um but yeah so so you know tiny dogs humping uh big stuffed animals how are you doing caleb hi so i um i made a decision this morning so oh. you you know michael that i've i've had a, a personal uh domain that i've used for a long time with with google workspace that has been my like my primary account for everything sure and, you know, when we started Night Shift, I did the dumb thing and I, like, added all the Night Shift stuff onto that workspace account rather than starting it fresh. And, like, as time went on, I got more and more, like, fuck, there's going to be a day when I need to separate these two. Like, I just, it's going to have to happen and it's going to be painful. And I actually had a call this morning set up with our, with our Google reseller to, like, help me do that. I, I changed my mind. 
I actually uh, I decided to just kind of band-aid it and start shifting everything onto like an old Gmail account that I never use. Uh, mostly because you know how pissed off I was when Google made a change that is arguably better for most people on the uh, the Google uh, the Chromecast with Google TV, uh, where they allowed for multiple user profiles. Cool. Right. So like, yeah, I could sign in. I could if I had children, I could have like a, a kids account, and whatnot. Arguably, that's a better experience for most people. But because I was using a workspace account for most things. But I couldn't use a workspace account for Stadia because Google's super arbitrary with uh, the things that Workspace can and can't do. Yeah, and like I get it because there's the whole idea like if you sign up with a bunch of like corporate accounts and then you lose access to the account, you lose everything. But like, let the buyer beware, sort of thing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so I, I, you know, I had my Stadia account, I had my my Workspace account, and they coexisted well enough because the Stadia app let me pick the account that I needed. I didn't have to sign out or anything. Uh, but they made the change to allow user profiles or like separate user profiles. But that was only supported on personal accounts. It wasn't supported on Workspace. So in yeah. order for me to like play Stadia, play Destiny with you on my big old TV, uh, where I've I've had so much fun doing. I would have actually had to just sign out of everything and sign back in with a, that uh, the personal account and basically just abandon everything else. Or so I thought. But today I, you know, I made that, sh- that change. I just started moving everything over, like bank accounts and social accounts and like everything just started moving over. And so I went around the house this first thing this morning before work and I started like removing and re-adding all of my like connected home stuff. Yeah. My, thermos- my thermostat was on the personal account because, again arbitrary decisions on what can and can't be supported. Sure. Uh, but like, you know, my lights were on a different account. My, my speakers were on a different I, just, I basically moved everything over. But now it's all in the same. And like, I can share it all with Ellen because again, a workspace account can't, can't like share the home right. with someone else. <laughs> so like, there's all these weird things that I couldn't do that now they just work. Uh, and turns out it, like, it was literally just as easy as signing out and signing in uh, to the the new account on the the Chromecast, and like everything else stayed signed in. All the individual apps, I didn't have to re-sign into everything. Oh, that's great! They're just it was like a all... top-down sign-in. That's awesome. Yeah, they're just all that. So like everything just worked. Now I'm still waiting for like the the worst of the 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 hammer to drop with like what did I like. I also went ahead in, into Workspace and I changed my primary user account uh, to the Night Shift one because I'm going to dedicate to like anything Night Shift related. I'm going to use that account and not my old one. Right. But like I'm still waiting for like, what is that going to fuck me over when I try to <laughs> sign into? And I don't think much at this point because I realize that but most there will of the be stuff, that one thing that you sign in, you're going to be like, motherfucker. There, there will be something. <laughs> and it'll happen like a year and a half from now when I finally decide to let that domain expire. And I'll go to sign into something and I won't have access to it because I won't have the domain anymore, so I can't get a recovery. There'll be some bullshit like that. Oh, jeez. But turns out most of the stuff that I did the sign in with Google button that I was worried was going to be the, the hardest to transition over was all like bullshit that I could just throw together a new account. If I'm like, who the fuck cares if I lose my DoorDash history? Like, right. I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't order that much anymore anyway because I've been trying to, to cook more at home and, and order out less. Sure. Uh, you know, and it's things like that. It's yeah. things I realized, like, I don't, like, I could have done this months, if not years ago, because there wasn't anything actually important. And right. I still have access to all of the, 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 like, all of my, like, drive content and stuff like that. I'm not losing that. Uh, all of that to say, the hardest thing I realized was that my my actual phone account, my my telephone service through Google Fi was was still tied to that Workspace account. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, this, like, this is going to be the, the, the thing. It's yeah, not going to work. Yeah, that's going to be the kicker. 
I reached out to support and then they gave me like some super step-by-step instructions. They're going to help me move it over. Like, That's amazing. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's going like too well. Like it's, it's like, it's frightening how, how easy it's been. And I'm just, I, I, I still think that something terrible is going to happen. So basically what you're saying is that uh, you set up a transfer power and you didn't even have to keep a princess in a tower. Mm, yes, I, well, I, I put myself in a, in a tower of, uh, of account lock-in and had to fight my way out of it to the bottom, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb. Uh, I've been thinking lately that, like... There's a there's a good percentage of episodes where like a new listener coming in wouldn't know who the fuck I am because I just never say my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, it is somewhere in our descriptions. It says like Michael and Caleb do a thing. Uh, but yeah, that is that is really important. Uh, I'm Caleb. Hi. Hi, hi everyone. Longtime listeners. It's nice to meet you for the first <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> just allow me to reintroduce myself. Um, hi, Caleb. Hi, so Michael. we, uh, we inadvertently set up a, uh, a theme month this month. It's like, it caught me by surprise entirely. But as soon as I realized it, I'm like, shit, this works. This, it does kind of work. Yeah. So the, the first episode we had this month was for RRR, uh, which <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say is probably the best movie we have reviewed definitely this calendar year. Oh, but easily. maybe in the past like two years, it, it is honestly like it is one of the best movies that I've watched. It's, period. It's a really good movie. It's just, just hands the, down that fun. And like, like I need people to understand that like I'm not like overselling it. Like, no, it just really is that good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like it is. It is exactly as we described it for for an hour, uh, two episodes <laughs> ago, and then after. So that one was was a movie talking about, um, you know, India's uh, revolution against Britain, so freedom from Britain. Uh, then last week we, uh, covered the movie Blasted, um, and that movie was, uh, a film about, uh, freedom from alien, uh, parasites or alien takeovers. Oh, and also freedom from, like, you know, boring, oppressive corporate life. Uh, also that, absolutely, which I think is just as good. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this week we're talking about literal freedom, uh, and this one is freedom from the patriarchy, uh, to, to a degree. Uh, so the film we're covering is called The Princess, and this is actually a Hulu original uh, that uh, just got released only a few weeks ago. Um, I, so here, here is the actual description of this movie uh, via IMDb. When a strong-willed princess refuses to wed the cruel sociopath, she is kidnapped and locked in a remote tower of her father's castle. With her vindictive suitor intent on taking her father's throne, the princess must save the kingdom. Now, that is a very generic medieval hero story, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little, like a little bit fairy tale elements, but obviously with the, the, the gender bent, it's the princess saving herself, which I love. Which we, we are big fans of. But I think a more apt description of this movie would be Game of Death, but the way down. <laughs> that is uh, that is what this movie is actually about. Well, and like I, I told you, I was I was ten minutes in when I when I decided that I wanted a completely different version of this movie. And uh, I'll set aside what my actual feelings about the film are. We'll talk about that. But like the version of this movie that I want is literally just a video game played out from like. Either bottom to top or top to bottom of the tower. I don't care which direction, but just 
almost nonstop action, like jumping right in with like little to no plot, have like basically the equivalent of cutscenes where the action stops momentarily, there's some dialogue, and then they swing right back into it and use camera angles. Like it's all like side scrolling for the action or something like that. Like you use something like this, yeah. and just like it just kind of like hardcore Henry or like a less shitty version of Minty the Assassin or whatnot, where like it's just steady action, like you like ramps up, there's like a boss battle and then you move on, sort of thing. Like I think that that would be really cool, and I, I've seen hints at that in in cinema, uh, and uh, like I just I think I haven't yet seen anyone like really really do that, and like that's, that's all I want right now. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I made the reference to Game of Death. We made this reference and talked about Game of Death in our Minty the Assassin uh, mm-hmm. episode. So if you if you have not listened to that episode. Go back and listen to it. We talk a lot about what Game of Death is. I'm going to briefly mention it here just to save you the trouble of having to go back and listen. But you should anyways because, like, you know, it's polite. Yeah, just fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, so Game of Death. <laughs> like, why aren't you doing it already? Why are you still here? Uh, so Game of Death is uh, was the Bruce Lee movie that he was working on when he died. And it, it became unfinished. And pieces of it have been re-released. And, you know, he did shoot a lot of it. But the plot of Game of Death was... You know, mob boss kidnaps Bruce Lee's girlfriend, keeps her in the top of this tower, essentially. Uh, and Bruce Lee basically has to fight his way up each level of the tower to get to uh, save his girlfriend. So obviously he never finished the movie, but a lot of the scenes uh, came out. And the big thing is, is like if, you know, when a lot of people think of Bruce Lee, they think of him in the yellow jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And that is from Game of Death. That is from this unreleased movie where he wore that jumpsuit. Uh, and it's also the movie where he fights against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, who was oh, one of his students. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a really great scene where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, kicks him in the chest and you see a giant footprint, like, because he's barefoot. So you see a gigantic, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar-sized footprint on Bruce Lee's chest. It's it's kind of cartoony, but I love it and it's fantastic. That's um, badass. So that's the plot of Game of Death. And when we say that this movie is basically that, but she goes from the top of the tower to the bottom... It is literally that. So, you know, this is the plot. Uh, Dominic Cooper, uh, you know, basically she's she's promised to Dominic Cooper because uh, her father, the king, uh, or the lord of this area, um, only gave birth to daughters. He gave birth to two daughters. So basically he's like, look, we don't have an heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to protect the throne, to protect our kingdom... I have to marry you off to somebody that'll just come and be in our kingdom instead of you going to be to theirs. He's like, so here's this Lord that, uh, you know, is, is very popular. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's wealthy or whatever, and he's going to marry into our kingdom basically and take over our kingdom because there is no male heir. Um, but what happens is, she uh, basically says no on the mm-hmm. wedding day. And so uh, Dominic Cooper locks her in the tower and basically proceeds to try to usurp the throne. Which Dominic Cooper, uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with the name, uh, you may very well know him as young Howard Stark from the MCU or uh, um, he was in uh, Preacher. He, yep, he was the, the, preacher. the titular Preacher. Yep. Uh, and also in the Warcraft movie. He was, uh, he was Lane Wren. Oh right, so, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, that, that's come up a couple of times in, on the show. We've we've talked about how I didn't hate the Warcraft movie, even though I probably should have. Yeah, even though you probably should have. <laughs> uh, you definitely should have. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, he he was also, I believe he's also in Agent Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I he's as Howard Stark. That. Yeah, I freaking loved that show so much. It is. It, I still need to watch it. It, it looks so fun. I mean, and I only, love that character. Yeah, and it was only a season long uh, or so. I think it was like a season and a half long. Um, I, but it was just really good. And like, it just was another one of those... Uh, it was just another one of those like shows that I felt like I felt like it didn't get the love that it deserved. Like I thought maybe it was going to take off like Agents of Shield did, um, but it did not, and, and it yeah. only lasted like a season, and that's it. And now they're talking about making a Captain Britain with a uh, or a Captain Carter solo movie, live action, which, which I think would be a, I'm super into that. Would be so good, right? I mean, I mean Captain Carter like, was the best part of What If. I don't think that you can you can tease us with a character like that and just leave her as like a couple episodes of a cartoon and then a like bullshit cameo in the worst MCU movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say arguably, but like inarguably, no, no. Doctor Strange two is the worst. The worst. <laughs> yeah, I do, like Thor two is like thank God, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like See not feeling so bad about old Thor now, are you? <laughs> even like, even Ed Norton is breathing a sigh of relief that no one's talking yeah. about him. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, thank God, that was rough for a while. Uh, basically, no, yeah. Nobody even notices that he's not in the MCU anymore because they have something new to be, to be something upset new about. to be upset about. Yeah, like he fought with music notes, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, magical the, guitar hero. The the musical note thing was stupid, anyways. But it's the freaking kids that got me. It was a hundred percent when the kids start singing their ice cream song. I, I was like, I was like, cream. I normally don't like it when kids are killed on screen, but like, it would be cool <laughs> if <laughs> right now, <laughs> just. Something <laughs> stopped this from happening. <laughs> and this is nothing against those kid actors. Absolutely no. nothing against those kid actors because no. they were good in WandaVision. They were great yeah. in WandaVision. They were they were fine. They did exactly mm-hmm. what they needed to do. This is 100% Sam Raimi. Like, end of story. <clears throat> Anyways. So where were we? <laughs> so where were Back to, yeah. So let's let's go back to The Princess. So this, again, this movie came out in uh, in 20, uh, this year, just just uh, within this month. I believe it came out in uh, like July 1st or maybe, it, uh, July 1st actually. I say it, it literally came just came out because yeah. we're recording this on the 5th. Like, yeah. It has been out less than a week. So which... this, this movie came out, for those of you guys listening, about two weeks ago. Um, on Hulu. So this this actually has a pretty decent cast. So it stars Joey King. Haha. It's funny because King uh-huh. and it's Princess. Also, um, uh, she is in the uh, the new Brad Pitt movie, Bullet Train, as a character called Prince. Wh- that is very... She's just <laughs> locking down the monarchy <laughs> titles over here. I love it. I, love uh, it. I am so excited for that movie, by the way. Bullet yeah. Train, that looks so freaking good. I've only seen posters, and I'm, I was thumbing through the uh, the the images on IMDb earlier, and just visually, yes, 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 hundred yeah. percent, I'm in. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you should watch the trailer. It is bonkers, and I love it. I um, believe it. And she's uh, for those of you that are into more uh, rom coms. She is uh, uh, L. Evans in The Kissing Booth, uh, which is uh, available on Netflix. The Kissing Booth. The Kissing Booth. And so we already mentioned Dominic Cooper, uh, who is the bad guy of this movie. Uh, and then we have another bad guy of this movie, who is uh, Olga Kurlenko, who uh, she's been in some really cool things. So most recently, well, not most recently, but. She she was a Bond girl. She was in Quantum of Solace. Uh, she was in the movie Oblivion. Um, she was in, let's see what else she's She was been in Black in. Widow. She was Taskmaster. Uh, yeah, she was, t- yeah, Taskmaster and that. And then there was another good movie. Actually, I watched Sentinel, uh, which I believe is on Netflix. It wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, but she is really cool. Um, I'm trying to find, oh, The Courier is a movie that she was in. I think that's also streaming on Netflix. That one was actually pretty cool. Um, definitely check that one out. Uh, highly recommend. Um, There's a but, guy with an eye patch. Yeah, right? That's why you gotta watch it. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. Um, but she's I mean, on a motorcycle and there's a guy in an eye patch in a leather duster. Yeah, because she plays a courier, but she's not just the courier. Uh, really good movie. Uh, Wait a second, is that know. is that Gary Oldman? It is Gary Oldman in, in an eye patch. In the courier, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be pretty cool. So here's my only. Well, I guess not really. Okay. So we'll we'll jump into the movie. So the movie starts off with the princess, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the only thing she's referred to. I thought that one of the characters says a name for her, but nope. I don't think they ever do. Nope. She's only ever referred to as princess or the princess or, like, child, girl, whatever. Like Yeah, um, or more derogatory like, terms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's not given a name, and... I'm I'm certain that that was an intentional choice because she yeah. she almost she becomes more like an archetype than a character, uh, yeah. But also like she's completely flipping the script on who she's supposed to be, and so like doesn't matter who you think I am or what you call me, I am who I am. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would say her character name is the princess, but it definitely has quotes around it because yes. it's more of like uh, a reference and less of a person. Um, yeah, so, so she's, she's in the tower, she wakes up, she's, you know, her arms are, are bound, uh, with chains, and, uh, two men, uh, two generic goon henchmen, which, literally, this movie is, like, starring Joey King, Olga Kurlenko, uh, Dominic Cooper, and Merc number one, Merc number two, <laughs> Merc number three, Merc number four, like literally down to like 75. It is literally yep. just like generic bad guy, and they all play the same character. I am fairly certain that at least one of these actors just kept showing up at different times, yes, but as a different totally mercenary. Did. Yes, like, and I guarantee it was uh, Antoni Davidoff, who is the only one who has a picture uh, in, in IMDb, and he's been basically a stunt performer in every freaking movie and TV show you've ever seen, like The Witcher and like Hitman's Bodyguards and The Expendables. It was him. I swear it was him. <laughs> but it was- but yeah, like there's at least one guy, but probably several who they just kept recycling. Cause I'm like, you know what? Like these guys are supposed to be just generic mercenary thugs. These are, these are the, the, the foot soldiers of the TMNT arcade game where there's just, there's dozens of them. They all look exactly the same and it doesn't matter that you just killed this, this, this one guy and he's back because they just expect that. And I think, I think again, just like with her name, I think that that was an intentional choice. I hope it was. I want it to be. 
Yeah, I mean, there's only a couple of like Merc guys that stand out. Now I'm using the term Merc because that is how they're credited. Uh, yeah. Just, just so you know. So that's why we're going to use this term about these generic bad guys. Uh, there's only a couple that ever stand out, and they stand out for very specific reasons for very specific fight scenes to mm -hmm. add a very specific element to our story, uh, kind of like checkpoints. Uh, but it does actually kind of remind me of, uh, for those of you guys that play Genshin Impact, where the treasure hoarders, there's only like three NPC styles for the treasure hoarders, and they all have the same voice actor. So they all say the same exact thing. They're like, never should have come here. <laughs> you know, surprise, you know, like, uh, feel that tingle, you know, like those are just like the three things that they say every time. And it's the same voice actor for all three body styles. That's basically what every bad guy in this movie is, except for the boss level, like the level battle, the boss yeah. level battles. It's like, it, it has to be intentional because so much of this feels like it was designed to be like emulating a, a like a fast paced beat em up video game Totally, that like. There's no way that someone involved in either like the writing or the direction or the cinematography or fuck even just like the casting and stunts like somebody involved like at at the very least subtly manipulated it to feel like a video game if not like overtly said all right level 1 go <laughs> right right i mean literally yeah so so one of the writers of this movie is Ben Lustig uh who he did a movie called The Thirst um, I've never heard of this. It's available on Tubi TV though. Um, so maybe that's one we check out because you know I love me a vampire story. Oh, it's a vampire story. Well yep. then sign me up. <laughs> and uh the director of this movie is uh Levan or Lev Levan Kiat. Um he did a movie called The Requin. Uh, or the Requin, the Requin, which stars Alicia Silverstone, James Tupper, uh, and uh, Deidre O'Connor, and it's a shark film, Ooh. and I'm totally down. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like if he's done anything people might have uh, like watched, but it doesn't seem like he has. So like this seems like he did a bunch of like smaller films, like a bunch of like lesser known films. And then uh, uh, ended up uh, being able to uh, make this movie. Um, but but Levan Kiat is a Vietnamese-born filmmaker who uh, wrote and directed Fury, I guess, which is kind of his what he was known for. Um, ooh, this is a ah, this is a a, a a Vietnamese like martial arts film. Ooh, okay, ooh, I may watch okay. that. Okay, yeah. Down. I mean, after watching this movie, I would watch other action movies this guy did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or a guy, girl, I don't know. Person. Uh, for, yeah, person. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So person. I would watch whatever they uh, have done. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so so the film starts off. She's locked up. Two generic mercs kind of stumble in, and they're like, hey, we're going to do a thing. So content warning, this is a very violent film. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of language, but other than that, that's about it. It's really just yeah. violent. It's just, yeah. you know, it's a lot of sword stabbings and stuff like that. And it's not overly bloody or gory. There is uh, on-screen blood. There is at least one instance of decapitation, but it's mostly, like, implied stabbings and, like, like general like sword fight gut slices and stuff like that there's not like not it's not like a like a gore fest right yeah there's not like smashed heads or anything like that like really the only like part that was kind of like ooh was the the decapitation scene um that was the only one where i was like oh wow that was uh realistic 
um, although the, like in that opening scene that you have tried like three times now to describe, I'll get uh, when, the, when the mercs co- come for her, uh, she does essentially break her own hand to get out of the handcuffs. And that's like the first introduction you get to this character and you're like, Oh shit. So like, if you didn't know going into this, the, like it was going to be a badass action movie with her as the star. You know now. Yeah, it was great. Because, like, the first thing, like, she comes up and she's, like, smacking the, the like, manacles, like, against, like, her, uh, I don't know, like, waist pelvis area, like, on her, on her like, pelvic bone. And they're like, what are you doing? And then finally you hear the crack. And then she pulls her thing off the manacle Ugh. and kind of, like, shakes it off. And then just beats the shit out of these two dudes. And it's phenomenal. It's like, they don't full-on make her superhuman, but there's shit like that where, like, she breaks her hand in the first scene and fights an entire fucking army for an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And, like, she gets stabbed multiple times. Yeah. Like, she gets half drowned at least twice. And, like, uh, guarantee, like, a week and a half after the action of this film, and she dies from, a like, a serious infection. Right. <laughs> and this is medieval <laughs> like, times. Like, that, that wasn't going to go well for her. But she is staggeringly badass. Yeah, this and entire movie. It kind of it, it's it's like uh, a percentage of the RR film where like the first couple of things like one she like jumps like jumps with a person and falls like five stories into yes. like a cement floor like on yes. top of the person and gets up and like brush herself off like ah here we go because she used him to break her fall yeah. And, and everything in his body. <laughs> right. And it was like at that, like, there, there's those sort of moments where you're like, okay, well, you know, but like, this is one of those movies that makes you be like, yes, she totally did that. Like, uh-huh. I, I 100% am like, yeah, of course she did. Like, look <laughs> <I> at her. <laughs> I have no problems with what's happening on screen right yeah, now. Like, this is, this is, this is completely not, plausible. <laughs> this isn't questionable in any way whatsoever. <laughs> and it's great. I love those feel good moments, those sort of hero moments where you're like, yes. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, man. Like, kick ass. And she does. Mm-hmm, it's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So, again, so the very, fir- uh, very first fight scene, she, you know, beats them up. She takes a sword. And now uh, the, one of the things she does, which I wish paid off uh, in the end, and it doesn't, um, uh, the last guy, you know, he's like, you're never going to make it out of here. You know, like that. He, he's like, ah, they'll get you before you get to, or whatever. And she's like, great, then I'll see you at the bottom. And she, <laughs> you know, drop kicks him out of a window and he falls off the tower into the ocean. And I wish that paid off later in some way, but it didn't. And I was kind of bummed because there would have been a great opportunity for it. I just love because like there, there's a handful of those moments where like in the heat of all this action, you see something in the background and you know, like that's important. So yep. like as she's fighting him, there's a window that they're like steadily creeping towards. And it's not immediately obvious that someone's going out that window, but like once you see it, it's like, Someone's going out that window. Someone's going out that window. It's just like yep. later on, there's a, a fight in the like the scullery or whatever in the kitchen, <clears throat> and you see like a big like hearth in the background where like a bunch of like the chickens or something are roasting, and like something's gonna happen with that. Someone's probably going in that fire, but something's happening with that yeah. fire. And like one of the characters does a thing where like they like sprays a whole bunch of like cooking oil or whatever all over and just creates this wall of flame from it. I'm like, ah, there you it is. is. You did the, the thing. fire. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so down she goes to the next level. So now at this point, uh, because like noise has happened, uh, the Dominic Cooper sends up uh, one of his uh, his goons, his mercs, uh, up to the top, and uh, this 
this one's like okay. Um, but he, he's like, I don't know. I was kind of bothered by this because he's kind of an overweight guy. You know, he looks a little like, you know, he kind of plays a stooge type character. He's and definitely he's, comic relief. He is definitely. Yeah. I mean, he so they send him up to the top of the tower to basically check on the princess. So like, of course, halfway through, he, you know, he loses his breath. He's, you know, sits down. And there's actually a scene where she uh, like climbs down out to get into the next level because she can't open the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's dangling over the edge and he is sitting on the other side, like trying to catch his breath. And she's like, come on, man, like hurry up. <laughs> and eventually he gets up and goes up the stairs. She climbs through the window and heads down. He gets up to the top, you know, shakes the door and sees that it's still locked. And he's like, ah, she's there. And now down he goes uh, to go tell the uh, the king again, that, or the uh, usurper guy that uh, the princess is still locked in the tower. And I love that, like, meanwhile, she's found a way, like, into the walls and, like, she's creeping through all these secret passages that would absolutely be there in a castle. And you could not convince me otherwise. Oh, totally. Because why the fuck have a castle if you don't have just a shit ton of secret passages? That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> and so, like, she's she's in the walls and moving around. And at one point, she comes out uh, into a, like, suit of armor that she thinks is empty. But it's another boss battle. And so they fight, and it's amazing because <laughs> it's just this giant, like, brass suit of armor swinging a massive, like, two-handed sword at her. Uh, and she, like, sprays him with something, with, like, some liquid. And she's like, <laughs> and then she picks up a candle. He's like, oh, fuck, because it was, again, like, oil. And yep. she lights him on fire and sends him out a window. And he comes crashing in the square. And uh, the, the usurper's uh, consort he refers to her as. Uh, who was the one that was uh, played by uh, Olga uh, Kurilenko? Yep. Kurilenko. Um, Moira is her name, is the character yep. name. Um, she sees that she's like, well, like clearly, like did did any of you see this person like on your way up or down? Like she turns to the the big guy who made his way down. She's like, did you pass this guy at all? And he's like, no. She's like, okay, so we're dealing with someone who knows the castle and one of the, the, like the leaders of the mercenaries is like, Oh, we don't have to listen to you. The boss isn't around. And she just fucking, she's got a whip with like a fucking spike at the end with like a switchblade knife that pops out of it. Just whips it straight into his fucking trachea, man. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> was rough. <laughs> <laughs> and she just like what, and then just like and pulls it out, and she's like, anybody? Yeah. And they're all like, all right, we'll go, we'll go. Right, that's we're, fine. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna go take another look through the castle yeah. and uh, see what we can find. Yeah, <laughs> we're on our way. I, we don't. That guy's not with us. We don't know. <laughs> uh, we have to take a moment and appreciate the uh, the the comic relief. The the bigger guy, his weapon. Did you see? Because he's carrying a giant like two handed like hammer, hammer, like fucking yep. giant two handed mace. Uh, but it's shaped like a fist, like a big oh, fucking steel fist. That at the is top. brilliant. I love <laughs> like, that. That's just, like, can you imagine just like you're in a fight and this big fucking metal fist is like right in your face? <laughs> Flies at your face. Game over, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> real. So, uh, so down she goes. Now, as as you know, this movie goes on. There's different levels, and each time we kind of get cutscenes which uh, jump to uh, add to the element of the, the story of it. So this is where mm-hmm. we learn that, like, you know, that there's uh, there's no heir to the castle. This is also where we learn that she, uh, her mother, um, uh, basically got this person to train her in battle 
Um, and the person, uh, the person's name is, well, it's a, it's a couple of people. Um, it's, uh, Lynn, uh, and Kai. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kai is played by, uh, Christopher Kameyasu and, um, uh, uh, Lynn is played by Veronica um, Ngo, who was the star of Fury. So this is a uh, so she oh, followed uh, she followed the director over uh, to this one. Oh, she and was in Star Wars Episode Eight, and she was in Defy Bloods too. Oh, nice! Yeah, right. she, I I did recognize her. I recognized her, and I was like, I know I've seen her in things before, but I couldn't I couldn't place exactly where. I feel like a lot of the people in this movie have been in things that you've seen before, but they they maybe weren't like the main focus. So you're you're less likely to immediately recognize them. But as soon yeah. as you realize who they are, like, oh yeah, and like, uh, for example, uh, Alex Reed, who plays the queen, uh, she was in The Descent. Oh, all right, that fucking creepy. Yeah, that movie. was a creepy. <laughs> oh man, that movie creeps me out. She was um, she was actually in both. I think she was like the main character, if I'm not mistaken. I don't in, think in Descent, yeah, yeah. I don't think very many of them were in both films. Well, I'm pretty sure she was the final girl. Oh, for she that. well, she might not have been the, the main because she's not top build, but I I remember her character. <clears throat> yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we keep getting flashbacks of Lynn training the princess for battle, and eventually we do learn that uh, the the king found out and was not happy about it because no. she uh, the princess actually approaches him and says like I don't want to do this. This is when she is being told that she is being promised, uh, you know, betrothed to this uh, uh, to this man, and she's like I don't want to do this. She's like there's a way out of this. Like you make me a knight and then mm -hmm. I can be, I can be solo and take, you know, be single and take over the kingdom. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to have that. He's like, you know, you know, basically, you know, you're just a girl, you know, you can't, you know, that's not how this works. Now I do want to point out that even during this moment, I don't, I didn't ever think of the king being like, ew, some girl. It really more felt like he was like, but that's not how things are done. And like, I wish I could, but that's not how things are done type feel. Well, and even uh, Julius, the uh, Dominic's character, the usurper, does a whole th bit early on about like the importance of tradition and why like these things have, have stood for, you know, 300 years and whatnot and why he has to marry the, the princess rather than just taking the throne by force uh with <clears throat> with his uh with with Moira. Yeah. And so like the you, you get the sense that there's these these unshakable traditions that the whole kingdom is founded on and nobody's willing to break them until the princess comes along. Until the princess comes along and just starts breaking faces. She's like, mm -hmm. if, I, if I can't break mm -hmm. systems, I'm going to break some faces. I'm Fuck here to yes. break systems and faces, and I'm all out of systems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, now, I will say there are a lot of really good fight scenes in this movie. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, uh, Veronica, Lynn's character does a few of them. We do see Lynn in action a few times, not just like practicing with the princess. But uh, Joey King does a really good job in this movie. There are a lot of scenes where it's like you can tell it really is her doing it which was great. Like there's a lot of scenes where it's, you see her face while she's, you know, flipping over a table and kicking someone yes. in the face. And oh it was really satisfying to see her doing it. Yeah. Like the, some of it was like unnecessarily theatrical, but at yeah. the same time, like there, there is no such thing as unnecessarily theatrical in a fight sequence like this. Like, no, go, go find the top, go over it and keep going. 
Yeah, you know, this at a lot of moments of this, this felt like, you know, Jackie Chan style, Jet Li, more Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan style, like fight scenes where, you know, she'll like, you know, walk, you know, flip up a wall with a person holding her and then throw them around and then get up and be like, oh, my back. You know, like there was a lot of that moments Mm -hmm. that kind of like made it feel real. Um, Yeah. And it was great. I liked it. And again, like at no point do they try to make her superhuman. Like when she's hurt, you like you can tell, like she's hurt. She acts hurt. She's like in the middle of a fight, like pauses to take her breath and is like taking like wild swipes to keep people at bay. And like it, there's these moments of like, how's she gonna get out of this? Oh, she did it. Well, she that's how you did it. Yeah, and it's always some cool move too. Um, which I really like. So you mentioned that the one big night uh, that she fights, and then the next one down, as she heads down, uh, she starts walking down this. Spi- it's a basically a spiral tower, right? Like think Rapunzel style tower. Mm-hmm. And as she starts heading down, she sees that there are like forty dudes coming up to <laughs> fight her, and they're all you know like, oh yeah, we're gonna get you, message. Ah, here we go. You know, like everybody <laughs> sounds exactly the same. Yes, uh, with the same like the same, haircut. It is the it's same. It's the actor. same three guys. Just yeah. copy paste. It's like. <laughs> Gallimimus flock in uh, in Jurassic Park. It's Ex- copy paste. It's exactly that. So uh, good reference. Uh, so you know they're all coming up, and there's one big guy with another one of the big hammer uh, weapons, and she ends up having to fight him, uh, which is pretty cool. I forgot how she ends up defeating him, um, but she does end up uh, defeating him masterfully, and I really I- like that one. This is the big guy in the big group of people. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of sword stabbing, a lot of yeah. like death death defying leaps, uh, and 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 ducking under under oh, wild yeah. sword swings. Yeah, so this is the guy that she she uh, he's standing like in front of her, like ready to go, oh. and she jumps and kicks him. Yeah, she stabs him up, and then that's the one where she jumps and like uses the body as like an air surfboard yes. to land like five floors down. There's definitely uh, uh, one guy that she stabs up through the chin, which yep. is <laughs> yeah. so it's pretty brutal. Uh, it, it, like for a good chunk of that like spiral staircase fight, she's using a really badass blade that we learn uh, actually belonged to Kai, but he gave it to her as like you know, like this belongs to a true warrior sort yeah. of thing. And I'm like, like ah, congrats yeah, on she's the true warrior. <laughs> yeah, congrats on completing your training. Yeah, he even says like uh, you know when he when he says to Lynn, he was like you know I had my doubts, but she truly is a warrior. And, you know, and he gives her the cool ass sword, which is great. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, she's jumped down and then another dude jumps down. And this is actually a pretty funny moment because she's like laying on the ground after having jumped down five floors and the guy, you know, falls over and he's there. And they kind of look at each other and they start laughing and they're like, ha, 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 like we just did this. And then they turn instantly serious. And then she grabs a sword and has to swing around and like stab him. It was just really, really cool. And like at that moment, she has to pick up his sword and head yes. down. And there's a handful of great moments like that too. Like she she eventually like threw like the the kitchen to the sewers and all like down into the dungeons and she gets to where her her family is being held captive and it's like oh my god she's gonna rescue them like this is it yeah but yeah there's there's three guards there that are playing a drinking game and she just grabs the stein and just fucking chugs it and they're watching her at first like what the fuck and then they're like whoa and like she slams the mug down belches and they all laugh and she's like i needed that and then again, it just turns instantly serious and she kicks all their ass. Yeah, which is great because she has the, the beer mug in her hand and they're like, wait. And then she smashes it on the one guy's face and like kicks the other one. It was just great action. Great action. It's exactly how I imagined the one bar fight I didn't get into would have gone if I had. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> 
exactly like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, but then a turn of events, she ends up getting captured. She she finally gets into where her things are and somebody bops her on the brain. Oof. So out she goes. So now it's her, her mom, her dad, and her little sister, who is uh, maybe about 12. Uh, they're there and, you know, she's, she's captured and in walks Julius, uh, Dominic Cooper. And he's like, listen, like all you had to do was shut up and, you know, like everything would have been fine, but no, you had to go off and, you know, be a hero. And then she's like, yeah, I'm, you know, fine. And she makes this really great speech where she's like, oh yeah, I was really looking forward, you know, to serving you. And she's like, but your life would have been absolute hell. You would oh have had to God. sleep with one eye open so and always good. worry that I would be right behind your back, ready to stab you in the fucking face or whatever. And it was great. Great, great, like threatening line. And he's like, fine. He's like, if you're not going to be the person, then I'm going to kill you and I'm going to marry your little sister. And she's like, what the fuck? So he grabs the little sister, you know, goes up in front of the priest. Uh, the princess is set to be taken to be uh, killed by uh, Mora, uh, Moira. Mm -hmm. uh, and she ends up getting away from her just before the prince uh, or the uh, Julius can marry the, the little girl. And, you know, in the little girl ends up sneaking away and like breaking out all the people uh, and thus brings us to our big boss battle. Yes. And this is big climactic fight where like she she and Lynn side by side have to fight their way into the chapel against like, like the remnants of like the entire army still. And then, of course, Moira's there with her whip and like she and Lynn square off and uh, fucking... The princess finally makes it to to fight uh, Julius, but it seems like uh, she might not be a match for him after all. Yeah. So as they start fighting, uh, the, this fight goes pretty bad. And at one point, uh, she, you know, they're locked, their swords are locked, and he stabs her in the hip uh, ah. with a knife. And she's like, uh, you know, and, you know, so like she like falls down and she's like, oh, shit. And he like picks her up. And and as he's pushing her out, he's got his sword to her neck and he's like backing her out of the door and it's out of the door of the church. And he's, he stumbles out to the church. He realizes all of the people are now watching him do this mm -hmm. and he's about to kill her. And he's like, oh, shit, I can't kill her in front of all of these people. Um, and uh, so she, you know, he like kicks her down to the ground and he's like, you know, I could have ruled you and this, you know, could have been that. And he said, like, all you had to do was, you know, kneel, you know, look at her kneeling in front of her true king. <laughs> uh, like as as he's like waxing on with his his big villain speech at the end, like the, the sound kind of muffles because like it's it's kind of from her perspective and she's dazed and isn't hearing everything. But like with the captions on, you still get the, the whole speech and he's talking about it. Like, uh, like I, I'll have what's rightfully mine. And I'll like specifically says, I will never be separated from what was rightfully mine all along. Uh, which the King tells him it was never yours, but then, uh, the princess promptly separates him from the one thing that was his, his own head. Oh yeah. So she just <laughs> up flips and whoop and off goes his uh off goes his head. I do want to cycle back though, because there is a moment where he uh so what he does is he kicks her out of a window uh -huh. and she ends up falling into the water. And I had mentioned earlier that there was a scene I wish they'd utilized. So in the very yeah. beginning of the movie, she kicks a guy down with a sword into the bottom of this area. Now she's fallen down the same side. I wish that when she fell down there, instead she uses some glass to cut the binds and then it's, get up and out. But I wish she had grabbed his sword. And 
Well, there's also the scene that you mentioned where she's hanging out the window waiting for the guard to catch his breath, and she has a sword in her hand that she's trying to climb back up but can't, so she drops that too. So, like, there were two instances where they could have called back to that, and she could have found a sword, cut her bindings, and then got back into the battle. Yeah. Uh, I just, mean, the broken glass worked. I mean, you can see, like, as the shards are falling, like, yeah. okay, she's going she's gonna to use the broken glass to, to free herself. And of course, they, they like she and Lynn and her little sister, they all sneak into the underground armory and like battle up. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So here she is. She has decapitated Julius. You know, the crown falls off his head. You know, her father comes walking up. She picks up the crown and she, you know, says like, you know, look, you know, father, I've I've reclaimed our kingdom. I've reclaimed it for you. <sighs> and she hands moment. it, uh, hands the crown to him. You know, he puts it on his head and uh, he he turns and he says, this is, this is, I love this line. Like this mm. made me so happy. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, ring the chapel bells from now until midnight for on this day, an heir to our kingdom was born. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Uh, he knights her and then has her stand back up and it's like, you know, show like, like show the the kingdom the the person that 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 you are, or show them what their their new leader looks like, or something like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. But it's like that look in his eyes when he sees her fighting and realizes, like, oh shit, like she's not just a little child. Like she can fucking fight, and she's gonna be the one that saves this kingdom. Exactly. And like when she does, he's just like, Mm-mm, game over. Like. <laughs> We're not, we're not playing this, <laughs> we're this not, tradition he's like, bullshit nope, anymore. That's it. And he even says, you know, from this day forward, all daughters in this kingdom will have the choice of their own life. I, oh, my God. Even, like, when, when the little sister's like, I want to fight, too. Uh, there's that moment where, like, you would expect them to be like, oh, you can't, you're too young sort of thing. And, like, that's how it would normally be played. The little sure. girl would be dismissed. And the princess looks at her. And for a moment, like, you think she's going to say something. And she's like, and you will. I'll make sure of it myself, but right now I need you safe. That's like, yeah, (laughs) it's so great. That's such a great message. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You can do this and yes, you will, but just don't do it stupid. Yes, exactly. Uh, And thus ends our movie. Um, So my only rewrite, my only rewrite is I wish that when she fell into the bottom of the moat area that she did use that guy's sword as like a see, I told you I'd see you at the bottom uh, thing. That's it. So should you watch this movie? Mm-hmm. Caleb, right? Yes. Like, yes, you absolutely <laughs> should watch this movie. It is, it is fucking amazing. It's literally just Joey King murdering her way through the patriarchy to the bottom of this tower. Like that is literally what this movie is. And it's so damn good. It's like it, it is pretty much entirely like summer popcorn fl- film action sure. fluff, but it's so fucking fun and so well done, and it doesn't rely on big explosions and like whatnot. It is just nonstop action, and they they sprinkle in just enough of the story for you to understand why she's fighting, but it doesn't like it doesn't interrupt. The, like I wouldn't change a thing about the, the movie. Uh, I will only say that like. They could have gone even more action. Yeah. Uh, and like it wouldn't have been bad. But as it stands, like it was it's an hour and a half. It fucking flies. Yeah. Like it is so fast paced. Like it's you know short to begin with and doesn't feel like it, it like it's full runtime. Uh oh my God. Yes. So much fun. 
Yeah, so this movie is streaming on Hulu in America. It is a Hulu original, so it's likely probably in Hulu and other places as well. Uh, I highly recommend this movie. Um, I'll be honest, because of watching this, I definitely want to go find Fury and watch it now because like, I trust this director to do action really well. Yeah. Um, so I am I am totally down. I, I want to find that movie and I, I will totally watch whatever uh, whatever they uh, put out. I am I am sold. I am, I am sold. I am. I don't know. I mean, it, there's no indication that it's the trajectory of her career is going. But I would be perfectly content with Joey Joey King being our next big action star. I I would actually I would really like no that. No problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she she did phenomenal in this movie. Not only was she able to pull off like the the little bits, like even a little bit of comic relief on her part, but like mm-hmm. she did really good. I'm I'm uh, definitely, especially if you've seen the kissing booth. Seeing her in this role is kind of like a oh shit, like that is <laughs> like dang, she's got range because yes, the kissing booth is very not that, and then this is very you know punch kick. That's how I'm feeling, uh, <laughs> sort of way. Very badass, very badass. Which again makes me very excited to see her in Bullet Train, uh, which I believe yes. is coming out in like a week or two. If, uh, if it's not out if already, not already. Yeah. Let yeah. Me see if I can find the the release date on that. Is August fifth, so we are one month away. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm excited. That's coming up soon. Uh, all right. So there it is, everybody. Hey, if you're not following us on social media, we're over at the No Hoyt podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, also you can follow, uh, Night Shift Media Group's, uh, Twitter account, a lot of stuff over there about all of our shows. That one is, uh, at Twitter is Night Shift MG. Uh, so definitely check us out over there. Uh, you know, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, we super appreciate it. And as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest friends. It's the only way that we're going to get out of this tower. It's <laughs> that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> so there's everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we will see you next time. Oh, I got to stop. A father's tragic past hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller Series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month, we bring a new short story to life in a full-cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller Series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.